Hello everyone, Joey here, and I should mention we will not have a Tuesday Tech Tidbit this week. Tuesday Tech Tidbits will resume next week, however. But of course, we have quite a bit of tech news. AMD announces its Ryzen 4000 G-Series GPUs while Intel delays its 7 nanometer chips. And that should have been CPUs or APUs there. I'm sorry I messed that up in the script, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. NVIDIA wants to buy ARM, and Samsung wants to push Microsoft xCloud. Bad power attacks are corrupting a number of fast chargers. Google is redesigning Gmail while also being involved in an antitrust hearing. Did Russia launch a weapon into space to take down our satellites? I don't know, but we do know China launched a rocket with a rover that's going to Mars. All this and more on the news on Joey's Totally Tech. Hello, everyone. It's July 27th or possibly July 28th, depending on when we can get this news episode launched as we just came back from a vacation. It was fun, right? Yes. Yeah, we went up to the mountains. We had a wonderful time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So uh, first of all, we have the Ryzen 4000 G series processors announced. AMD has announced it's launching the Ryzen 4000 G with baked in graphics. These new APUs are first being released for OEMs or pre-builts, so you'll find it in the pre-builts first, as I just said. (laughs) The reasoning is OEM is believed to be four to five times larger of a market share than DIY PC builders like myself. There will be six desktop G-Series parts split into two groups of three based on having either a 65-watt TDP or a 35-watt TDP. It's expected that we'll see an all-core 3.0 gigahertz, even on the slowest of these processors. AMD compared the performance of its G-series processors against IGP-supporting Core i3, Core i5, and Core i7 chips from Intel during a recent presentation. The comparison was a bit disingenuous, however, as Intel released faster 10th generation parts. The benchmarking team says they couldn't get newer parts, but in the unfair matchup, the IGP Ryzen's do as well as you would expect, and AMD has done better when it comes to integrated graphics anyway, so it's kind of silly for them to be disingenuous but it's not the first time AMD has done that. And that really frustrates me about AMD. I myself am a fan of AMD hardware. Uh, They have made mistakes in the past. I will criticize them on things, but I don't understand the need for that company to want to misinform the public and just overhype things. It's gotten them in trouble in the past and it could get them in trouble again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. I'm sorry. I, I'm not up on all this stuff. Like, yeah, see, As you guys know, my background is not in uh, computers. <laughs> yeah, Lisa's in psychology. But I, I think you understand that when something's overhyped and it gets released, people are disappointed, you know? Yeah. 
and I don't think they're overhyping this, but they did uh, give information that wasn't totally accurate. Um, or they were comparing it to a previous generation Intel CPU and not the current one. Anyway, Intel delays the rollout of Santa, uh, Santa 7 nanometer GPUs. <laughs> Intel delays the rollout of Santa Claus. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry, not Christmas quite. is delayed this year, y'all. Well, no. it could be. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, it could be because of the coronavirus, sure. Never know. But, um, yeah, so Intel's delaying the rollout of 7 nanometer CPUs. I cannot say 7 right. Seven. But they announced the rollout of its 7 nanometer CPUs by 6 months, or the delay of it by 6 months, or rather, relative to its previously planned release date. This will result in delays to the company's roadmaps. The press release also says that yields for the 7 nanometer processors are 12 months behind the company's internal targets, which means the company isn't currently on track to produce its 7 nanometer process in an economically viable way. So now the chips won't debut until late. 2022 or 2023 and for those of you who don't know what yields are that's like let's say a farmer is growing apples for example are all of the apples going to be good for the store ready to go no no exactly you have some that are better quality than others and believe it or not uh processors are the same way when they produce the processors they're on like these uh wafers and wafer yeah <laughs> like a cracker <laughs> sort of but not really uh, okay. but anyway they're on these wafers and if i remember correctly the chips that are on that wafer in the center tend to be the best quality the further out you go they're lower quality chips and some of them don't work at all so they have the best ones as like your core uh, core i7s or i9s etc and then the lower end ones tend to be used in the lower end products that they sell and then some they just can't sell oh that makes sense and so basically there's too many of these seven nanometer chips that they just can't sell because they don't work right so wow. yeah okay. all right lisa <clears throat> it's your turn um nvidia is looking to acquire arm the arm chip architecture is used in smartphones tablets many laptops and even on the new mac systems being released it's also used on small board computers such as the raspberry pi I do apologize. We appear to have had some issues with Lisa's mic for a bit. It was cutting out from time to time, but I wanted to continue where she left off. According to a report from Bloomberg, NVIDIA has approached ARM to discuss a potential acquisition. ARM Limited is owned by Japanese company SoftBank, which acquired ARM in 2016 for $32 billion. This could potentially be the biggest acquisition in the chip industry. NVIDIA shares have been on the rise recently, bringing the company's market capitalization to $254 billion. NVIDIA has been in the GPU market for some time, 
and the acquisition of ARM would put them in the CPU market too, where they would compete with both AMD and Intel, in a way at least. ARM licenses the chip design to various companies like Apple to create their own chips themselves, so it's a bit different of a business model than that of AMD or Intel. Yeah, ARM was actually a company that, uh, if I remember correctly, started in uh, the UK. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I know they were used in the Acorn computers uh, that were popular in the UK. And that's what the A stood for in ARM. <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, but now they're in our smartphones, my Raspberry Pi, and a number of other devices. So, yeah. Yeah. Once again, we were having trouble with Lisa's mic. Apparently, the noise gate was on when we were recording. I did not realize that. So, if you hear it cut out from time to time, that's why. And so I'm going back and editing, putting in my voice in place of hers because of the noise gate issues. And the worst part, she's still in there through the rest of the recording. But anyway, uh, Samsung's foldable phone, the Galaxy Z Flip 5G, will launch August 7th for $1,450. The 4G version was released in February for $1,380. That was Samsung's second foldable phone after last year's Galaxy Fold. The Z Flip features a design similar to Motorola's updated Razer. It's essentially a flip smartphone with a 6.7-inch bendable screen and a small exterior notifications panel. It also has a glass screen, which is the first in the foldables market. Yeah, the foldables have not really done that well, though. So I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Uh, don't hold your breath, folks. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 20, optimized for Microsoft xCloud instead of Stadia, even though it's running Android. Samsung has uh, had a standing partnership with Microsoft, so it shouldn't come as a surprise that Samsung is working with Microsoft to promote the xCloud game streaming platform on the Galaxy Note 20. The companies are planning to push xCloud integration as the streaming service is preparing to debut with Xbox Game Pass. This marketing will refer to the Note 20 as a mobile game console with almost 100 games available. Users will still need an Xbox controller and Xbox Game Pass for this to work. It's expected that the tagline, the power to play from everywhere, will be used during the Note 20 launch event on August 5th. This comes after Samsung shut down its Play Galaxy game streaming service after just a few months, because here comes the money from Microsoft. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, so bad power attack corrupting fast chargers to melt or set your device on fire. Um, Chinese security researchers claim they can alter the firmware of fast chargers to cause damage to connected systems. This alteration can melt components or even set the device on fire. Devices on fire. This technique is named bad power and was detailed last week in a report published by 
Zwan Wu. Yeah, I think lab. it's Zwan Wu. Zwan Wu Lab, which is a research unit of the Chinese tech giant, giant excuse me, Tencent. Uh, bad power works by corrupting the firmware in the fast chargers. Fast chargers have firmware in them, which will talk to a connected device to negotiate charging speed based on the, the device's capabilities. If the fast charging isn't supported, the fast charger delivers the standard 5 volts. But if it can handle bigger inputs, it can deliver up to 12 volts, 20 volts, or more. But bad power alters the default charging parameters to deliver more voltage than the receiving device can handle. This degrades and damages the receiver's components, and they heat up, bend, melt, or burn. And these attacks are silent and fast, and there are no prompts or interactions the attacker needs to go through. The actor, the um, attack attacker or actor only needs to connect their attack rig to the fast charger, wait a few seconds, and leave, and bam, the firmware is modified. On some chargers, the attacker doesn't even need special equipment. It can just be loaded on regular smartphones and laptops. Researchers have tested 35 fast chargers and 18 were found to be vulnerable. Tencent researchers have said they notified all affected vendors about their findings, as well as Chinese National Vulnerabilities Database, to attempt to accelerate the development and promotion of security standards to protect against these attacks. Oh gosh, my, my iPhone, it's really, really hot right now. Oh, oh, oh great. Oh, 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 no, I'm just being silly. We're, <laughs> okay, we're good. Then. But yeah, that could seriously happen. And it's quite scary. Have there been um, previous reports of other phones that have, uh, you know, been recalled due to blowing up on somebody or causing other incidents such as that <laughs> yes but not due to a fast charger so oh that's right i yeah. see okay um so anyway uh zuckerberg bezos cook and pachai antitrust hearing is rescheduled for wednesday the ceos of facebook amazon apple and alphabet which owns google are scheduled to sit before the house judiciary subcommittee on antitrust the hearing, which was initially scheduled for Monday, is now taking place at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. A scheduling conflict is to blame for the delay, as the late John Lewis, a Democratic representative and civil rights leader, died last week of pancreatic cancer, and he will be laid to rest in the state capitol rotunda on Monday. All four tech giants have faced scrutiny over the past year i think i said laid to rest he will just be laid there i don't think he stays there right oh um you just said laid well and my laid script there. i said laid uh, on the microphone i said laid to rest oh yes he did so yeah correction <laughs> there anyway all four tech giants have faced scrutiny over the past year from lawmakers and regulators including those who looked at Silicon Valley in a far more positive light not too long ago. Officials are raising concerns about these companies' growing dominance in the market, which may be squashing competition. Smaller tech firms complained about unfair business practices from the tech giants in January during a committee hearing. 
Sonos CEO Patrick Spence told lawmakers that Google tried to restrict his company's innovations and wanted insights into Sonos' future product plans. Sonos had sued Google, claiming the company stole its wireless speaker technology. David Barnett, CEO of PopSockets, accused Amazon of ignoring issues about counterfeits and bullying him into lowering prices. Quote, There's such a dominant power that exists with these companies that really, even as a company of our size, you feel like you have no choice. End quote, Spence said. So, yeah, these companies have been getting quite big, mm-hmm. and it's quite unnerving, don't you think? Yes, definitely. It is. Yeah, and we have so many privacy concerns, security concerns, etc., with, like, especially with, like, Facebook, with the data, and Google as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's just really crazy, and something needs to be done, because these companies have too much power and too much access to information, quite frankly. Yeah, I agree. They they need uh, to be held accountable or have uh, boundaries set, something like that. Yeah, it used to be in the past, like, you buy a Commodore 64, Commodore could collect information on you, you know? And that was a different mine. time, too. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, but my first PC was actually a PC Partner XL. That thing wasn't going to collect information on me. Again, it was not connected to the Internet first. There were bulletin board systems. But, you know, now these tech companies want to collect information on us. And, of course, they want to sell the data. That's how they make money. Yeah, that's really sad. I mean, can't they find another way to make money? Yeah, I would think so. But (laughs) that seems to be the way things go or have been going. But there are definitely privacy risk and security risk with this. So I just don't like the business model. Of course, it's worked very well for these companies, but something needs to be done about it. Yes, and you know, Tuna here, our cat, just told me that he wants to collect people's information for his own um, use. The cat won't do anything with information, trust us. He's (laughs) too lazy. Anyway, we'll be right back after this message here on Joey's Totally Tech. you like the music and sound effects we're using on the Joey's Totally Tech podcast? Well, we get the licensing for this music through Epidemic Sound. If you're a content creator creating video on YouTube or other social media platforms, or a fellow podcaster, visit bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. That's bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic. And you can sign up for a subscription for as little as $15 per month. They have a wide variety of genres of music, as well as sound effects you can incorporate into your content. You don't have to pay royalties, you just pay the monthly subscription fee. 
or you can also buy lifetime licenses to particular tunes and effects too. So if you want to use some fresh music and help support this podcast too, check out bit.ly slash JTT Epidemic and sign up for Epidemic Sound today. Welcome back to the news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Lisa is ready with her next story regarding Gmail. Google is redesigning Gmail and designs are leaked. The company recently announced the redesign and there will be tabs for mail, chat, rooms, and meet. Chat will be for conversations. Rooms will feature topics and meet will show Google Meet meetings as well as contact suggestions. Users will be able to combine functions and collaborate on a document over both chat and video, all in the same window. I'm kind of glad to see Gmail getting redesigned. It's been a while. Gmail has looked the same for for a long time. Granted, Gmail works very well as it is. I think it's a design that could last longer, but it would be nice to see some updated ideas for sure. Yes. LinkedIn layoffs as pandemic puts brakes on hiring. This past Tuesday, LinkedIn announced it would cut 960 jobs due to the impact of COVID-19. Sales and hiring roles are being cut. The company will provide 10 weeks of severance pay as well as health insurance for an, an entire year. That's really good. Yeah. Employees affected by the job cuts will be allowed to keep company-issued equipment to help them work from home while transitioning to new careers. No other layoffs are planned. I mean, that is really generous to let them keep the company-issued equipment. Yes. Not a lot of companies do that. And Mm -hmm. the year of health insurance. Yes, that's very generous. Yeah. Ten weeks of severance pay, I imagine, is okay. Yeah, 10 weeks isn't bad at all. Yeah, though the downside to severance is normally... You have to sign something that says you can't file for unemployment. Oh, true. Yeah, so well, that that's a downside. Yeah. So I'm wondering if those who opt to file for unemployment are even going to be able to keep get the issued equipment to keep while they're changing careers. Yeah, that's a good question. And if they're able to have the health insurance for the year. Yeah. So... Well, um, this is something more up my alley here. This next story. Uh, Snapchat helps you meditate. Um, Snap minis are small apps which can be used through the app's chat function. Headspace minis are now live, which allow users to join guided meditations together. Users will see their friends bitmojis on the screen when doing the session. The app can also be used alone. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you think that's something that you would uh, use for meditation? Probably, yeah. Awesome. And maybe uh, help 
the folks I work with, uh, you know, maybe use it too if they have phones. Yeah. So. I am Amazon Scout here to deliver your products that you've ordered. <laughs> Amazon Scout delivery robots delivering in Georgia and Tennessee. The Scout robots are battery powered and can navigate around city streets, dodge objects on the sidewalk, deliver packages to customers in Atlanta, Georgia, and Franklin, Tennessee soon. Amazon has been testing the robots since last year. These robots will be accompanied by humans and make deliveries on weekdays during daylight hours. There are no additional costs for Scout deliveries. That is interesting. So it seems like they're going to be accompanied by humans. So I guess no human job loss for now. Not for now, no. Yeah. I wonder. <clears throat> I don't know if there's a, going to be a point in time where these are unaccompanied and just going around by themselves. Yeah, there might be, but uh, there's going to need to be some testing done first yeah. just to make sure that that's safe. But I think the problem with it being unaccompanied is you know someone is going to go up to a robot and beat it up. <laughs> I could see a video yeah. on the internet just uh, right now. And <laughs> yeah, someone is going to do that if they get rid of the human altogether. Someone is going to just totally destroy the robot. Just they, for the hell of it. <laughs> that happened to that robot that someone was sending around years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it was a real robot. but What robot? Uh, some robot looking thing that... I guess it lit up and stuff, and it was able to send tweets about where it was. Oh. <laughs> it was, like, traveling the country. Um, and oh, my gosh. Someone killed it. Oh, my goodness. Rest in peace, bot. I can't remember the bot's name, but, you know. That makes me think of, um. okay, all you folks out there who are <clears throat> born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, like myself, uh, um... Well, you know, born in the late 80s for me. Uh, anyways, uh, that show Saved by the Bell, that sh that um, one character, Screech, had a robot. And I don't remember what his name was. Yeah. But that was my first thought yeah, when I Joey mentioned his name. But you know what I was robot? thinking of? What? I was thinking of uh, Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Uh, you may be a little young crickets. for that one. <laughs> yeah. Joey's kind of old. Yeah. We'll have to watch short, uh, short Circuit and Short Circuit 2 sometime. Okay. Yes. That, <laughs> those are definitely classic 80s music. Uh, music. 80s movies there. Movies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay. Well, GitHub ends uh, depositing code into the Arctic Vault. So GitHub has stopped depositing its open source codes into their Arctic vault after delays caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. They wrote 21 TB of data. That's terabyte. Terabyte. Thank you. Onto 186 reels of uh, pick film. I think it's a uh, film. Pickle film or pickle, pickle film. Pickle or pickle film. Yeah. Just for the listeners out there, it's spelled P-I-Q-L film mm -hmm. an archival film which can be read either by a computer or a human with a magnifying glass the archive program's goal was to ensure that future generations would have access to existing code they eventually planned to be finished by february but they had to wait for svalbard svalbard 
to reopen its borders. Developers who contributed to the project will receive a special badge to be displayed in the highlight section of their profiles. Yeah, so if any coders out there worked on this project, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. I did not work on this project. (laughs) You probably wish you did. I didn't know about the project until I read about it this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, New York Times is acquiring the podcast studio that created Serial in S-Town. I've honestly not listened to either of those podcasts, and here we are doing a podcast. Yes. The New York Times has acquired Serial Productions, which was formed in 2017 after the success of the Serial Podcast. They've since produced two follow-up seasons and a spinoff. The new joint show from the combined teams, Nice White Parents, will start July 30th. Podcasts are becoming more popular, and the industry is experiencing consolidation as a result with large companies buying up big names for exclusive shows. Elon Musk reveals tunnels as he aims to eliminate city traffic. The Boring Company's first commercial loop system is set to open later this year under the Las Vegas Convention Center. It will have the capacity to transport up to 4,400 passengers per hour around the Convention Center's 200-acre campus. This system can potentially be expanded to connect other areas of Las Vegas and can be adapted to other cities as well. Yeah, so when I first learned about the proposed loop system that Elon Musk had talked about years ago, um, he was talking about connecting cities in California, like in Southern California and Northern California. So someone could take the loop from like Los Angeles to San Francisco Mm -hmm. and hopefully it would be pretty fast. Like, I don't remember what times he was suggesting, but um, right now, I guess this is a smaller scale project, just doing it within the city. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Yeah, that's interesting. The Apple Glasses patent suggests any surface could be a virtual touch interface. Apple Glasses could have the ability to make any surface a virtual touch interface. This is according to a patent the company had filed in 2016. It describes using infrared heat sensing to detect where a user has touched an object in the real world. Apple could use this to allow Apple Glasses to project controls over real-world objects. Apple may or may not end up using this technology in its final Apple Glasses product. So is that like eyeglasses? Um, Actually, I reported on the Apple Glasses a while back because there was a leak about it. And uh, yes, it is. It's like, do you remember Google Glass a while back? No. Okay, yeah. There's a there's a little glasses that you'd wear that would display things on the lens. And wow. um it didn't do that well, but some people would wear them around San Francisco and people thought that they were being spied on or whatever because <laughs> someone was wearing them, you know. Uh but yeah, uh Apple glasses, they are actually working with um glasses frame manufacturers and you'd be able to get the glasses with a prescription if you wanted to which i don't think google glass ever did 
Wow. Yeah, so uh, Google Glass ran Android, so Apple Glass is, of course, is going to run some form of iOS. Yeah, wow. So, Huh. Yeah, so it's uh, augmented reality, which is similar to virtual reality, but you actually see things in real life along with like data on top of it about whatever you're looking at. Wow. Yeah, or it could be more interactive than that, you know? It's really interesting. Yeah, totally. Microsoft analyzed data on newly remote workforce. The study found that employees have been communicating more efficiently and working more varied hours. There have been more meetings, but meetings have been shorter. Managers have been impacted the most by shifting to remote work, with significant increases in meeting hours and messages being sent. Social meetings increased, and most employees maintained existing networks and even expanded them. I think that that's pretty spot on. It seems like people have... um, been able to be a little more flexible uh by working remotely yeah that, i think the communication part might make sense i've worked uh in places and remotely and i think communication oftentimes is better when we're working remotely however working remotely working from home specifically can be kind of difficult you've got to be very self-disciplined yes and that's true also it's like if you have people living with you that are wanting need to do other things well sometimes you got to put your foot down and say hey i can't do that right now yeah i went through that with my parents when i lived with them when i was starting out with freelance web development <laughs> yeah 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 you know you and me sometimes i think we've gone through that a little bit too because i've had Mm -hmm. to say hey i can't do that right now yeah (laughs) yeah that's true you know so so it's difficult and even without that really i'll be honest it can be hard to get up and do the work that you're supposed to be doing true when i'm at tone i tend to be in rest mode and we can't do it right now but i used to go to like Starbucks or McDonald's and just hang around there for a while. Uh, I guess McDonald's, some of them I can go to again now. Starbucks, I haven't checked one over near us, but um, yeah, that's why I would just always go outside of the house to do work for a long time. So I would just wouldn't be tempted to rest or play games or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. Amazon's new boxes can be transformed into cat condos and rocket ships. So those uh, delivery robots will deliver transforming boxes. Uh, The company introduced a new initiative called Less Packaging, More Smiles, which will see the company reduce materials used for sending out items, as well as provide instructions for reusing their boxes in fun and interesting ways. These boxes will feature directions on how to make a cat condo, a rocket ship, a robot costume, and more. They plan to start using the packaging this week. They aim to be net zero carbon by 2040. Wow, that's really cool. Right, so 3D printed chicken nuggets from KFC. I found this very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, yum, right? Uh, it sounds, it sounds interesting. By interesting, I mean strange. 
KFC is working with Russian company 3D bioprinting solutions to make the world's first laboratory produce chicken nuggets. The 3D bioprinting solutions will print chicken meat using chicken cells as well as plant material, while KFC provides the ingredients for the signature KFC paste. The process does does use animal material, so it's not going to be vegetarian. It will, however, be more environmentally friendly to to produce than standard chicken meat. KFC has not announced when this will be available to customers. Does that make you hungry? Uh, no. <laughs> no yeah. offense to this company, but yeah, uh, I, I, I'd say it remains to be seen. I mean, I'm willing to give it a try, but I can understand uh, people's unwillingness to do so. Yeah, it sounds kind of strange. <laughs> yeah, MIT creates disturbing deep fake of Nixon announcing the Apollo 11 disaster. MIT released a seven-minute video showing President Nixon delivering an Apollo 11 contingency speech. It took more than half a year for the team at MIT to create the footage. The goal was to prove the dangerous influence that deep fake videos could have. And it's kind of scary. Yeah, that is kind of scary. Because uh, people could produce uh, fake videos of politicians and people will fall for it. So, I mean, there's things going on like that now, unfortunately, and and then you have your conspiracy theorists who would probably fall for it even further. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't even oh, well, we do have the deep fake videos, but so far the deep fakes haven't even gotten into politics yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> now there are good uses for deep fakes. A few weeks ago, we discussed Disney and uh, their ability to deep fake actors and place them place their faces on other characters so that it could be used to uh put them in situations that they're not able to show up for you know that's it so so there's good uses for it too but we've got the downsides to deep fake technology as well that's true uk and us say russia fired a satellite weapon in space Russia is being accused of testing a weapon-like projectile in space, which could target satellites in orbit. The country has been testing new technology that is that it is claiming is for performing checks on Russian space equipment. Both the U.S. and the U.K. have made statements on the threat posed by Russia. Russia is part of a space treaty that stipulates that outer space is to be explored purely for peaceful purposes. It's not the first time concerns have been raised over the country's activities. Yeah, um, I don't know for sure what's going on, but uh, it's both the UK and US saying it. And I don't think in recent years, well, I don't know. UK is part of Brexit, so I think they're probably uh, somewhat Trump-sided at the moment. I'm not totally sure because I don't know UK politics that well. Um, but, um, then again, Trump has been somewhat friendly to the Russians. Yes. Um, but at the same time, he's had problems with the Russians too. Yes, that's true. So it's hard to say, uh, if we are telling the truth or if, uh, Russia didn't fire a weapon into space. Yeah. 
and it's a legit satellite. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A uh, new Japanese bullet train can run during an earthquake. The N700S, a record-breaking bullet train, can transport passengers safely even when the earth is trembling. It could go up to 360 kilometers per hour, but will be capped at 285 kilometers per hour during operation. It entered its service on the 1st of July on the Tokaido Shinkansen line, which links Tokyo Station to Shin Osaka Station in Osaka. Osaka. <laughs> Hard to say, yeah. yes. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. Yeah. I've heard of those bullet trains, um, but this one sounds really cool. Yeah, I wish <laughs> we'd have bullet trains here in the U.S. because we could get to places much faster with that. But Yes, even faster than the expressway. Yeah, for whatever reason, we don't want to do it. I want to do it, but... Yeah, I, know. I don't know. The oh, well. government doesn't want to do it. <laughs> the person across the street doesn't want to do it. No one wants to do it. <laughs> I want to do it, though. Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, first non-cuttable material in the world. Proteus, Proteus is a new non-cuttable material created from ceramic spheres arranged in a cellular aluminum structure. It only has 15% steel density and can resist tools such as angle gliders or drills. Designed to be harder to cut when damaged, and it's equally effective against water jet cutters. That's yeah. interesting. So if you need a tough material, get Proteus. Yes. <laughs> and China has launched its first rover mission to Mars. A rocket lifted off Earth from the Wenchang spaceport on the Hainan Island on July 23rd. The rover is expected to arrive in orbit around the red planet in February. The Tianwen. 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 That sounds more like it. <laughs> or, questions to heaven, won't actually try to land on the surface for two or three more months. This same strategy was used successfully by the American Viking landers in the 1970s. It will allow engineers to assess the atmospheric conditions on the planet before attempting a hazardous descent. This is one of three missions setting off to Mars in the space of 11 days, as the United Arab Emirates has launched its HOPE satellite towards the red planet, and NASA is also launching its next generation rover, Perseverance. So, we should be learning more about Mars soon. Uh, China will be too. Yeah, looks like it. Is this another space race? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, thank you for listening to the news on Joey's Totally Tech. This has been Lisa. And this has been Joey. And, and we, we will, will catch, catch you next time. time.